0: Oh, I love that music. That music means we're back underway. Ladies and gentlemen, Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast Season 1, Episode 13 A Baker's Dozen, so the king doesn't cut off the baker's finger. Craig, I know you are busy scouting in the rinks. That's your happy place. You're watching this game and that game, so you put out Craig's the Hot List, Craigslist, Craig's list. Craigslist, Craig's list. yes, Mr. coming Buddy. out on Tuesday. Oh, what do you have for us? Can you
1: give us a sneak peek? Okay, just before we get there, though, we talk yes. about music, though. So yeah. the band, are you familiar with the band Robbie Robertson from I don't
0: Toronto?
1: Think so. Yeah, no. oh, Steve, down up on Cripple Creek.
0: Yes, yeah. I know that.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, it's the band. Okay. Yeah, great song. So Robbie Robbie Robertson, uh, there's a there's a documentary out nine minutes called. Once we're brothers. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Must watch it. 90 minutes. Just go watch it. You'll be blown out of the water. Tell you what, that's music, man. And you see, people don't realize how great the band was. That was the name of the, they were called the band. That's how great they were anyway. Yeah. yeah, I did a little scouting. I was in Winnipeg last Wednesday watching some ice players and Friday night. I was in London, the Budweiser gardens, watching the, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds take on the London Knights. And then Saturday, I called the uh, Mississauga Steelheads at Kingston Frontenac's game. So it was a a three-pack of uh, scouting efforts last week. And obviously, when you're talking about uh, some real top-end players and players that are going to go in the first round, like Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky, and then you go to Bryce Barker, or Bryce McConnell, Barker, and and uh, Sue Saint Marie, and London's got a couple of really good players that are going to get lots of traction over the course of the year. And then Saturday, of course, you're you're looking at Shane Wright. Shane Wright. <laughs> How's he doing? How's Mister Wright doing? He's doing just fine. Scored the scored the uh, shootout winner. Uh-huh. Um, Kingston was never in the game. They, they 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 oh they they were lucky. They were in the game after the first period, but found their way four uh, four at the end of the game. Never led, and then
0: they won it in the shootout. Do you think some people will just judge Shane by by points? Is is Kingston that team, or it's it's gonna be a little bit harder for him this year to really put those eye-popping numbers
1: up. Oh boy, here we go. Here's I, I don't know if this should be a rant or a pet peeve. Go section. ahead and rant. I got a few
0: rants. I don't know if 40 minutes is enough. I got a couple rants already. I'm trying to slow play this, right? Like I got big slick and I'm kind of check, check. That's <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there's no well
0: rant because I got yeah. some
1: rant. <laughs> well, you asked me this. I mean, I, I, I see it every single year. Like what's wrong with Shane Wright. Oh, like it, it it's, you show up at the game and scouts have to leave like impressed, like scout the game, scout, this quality of skill, it's quality of player, you know, points. Does it matter? Like, you know, the best players get points. You know, I'm sitting there like in Winnipeg last Wednesday and I get this question. Shouldn't Savoy and uh, Geeky have more points playing on a top team in the Canadian Hockey League? I go, do you watch these guys play? Do You watch how good they are? You watch Shane Wright play? Like, you know, oh, well, he didn't do very much last night. I, I was in a game a couple of years back. I'll never forget it. I'm in Schwinnegan. Ramuski comes down there's probably about 40 scouts in the building to watch Alexis Lafreniere. Now your next question should be why were there 40 scouts in the building watching Alexis Lafreniere when you know he's going to be a top two pick right like you know, I see scouts at games where there's one player in and it's a top kid and they don't have a first-round pick.
0: <laughs> like,
1: like, like, are you kidding FOMO, me?
0: FOMO, FOMO. They got oh, FOMO.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. And then they are going, oh, yeah, you didn't play very well for me. Oh, I, I get it. Like, you know, years ago, we were in Dallas. I, I'm going into a lot of different directions. Years ago in Dallas or Minnesota, we had a scout. And, you know, you start to cross over. So we're in meetings, and he kept saying, well, he didn't play very good for me. He didn't play very good for me. So Les Jackson, our assistant general manager, really patient guy, Turns to him, he says, "You know what? You know what you should do next time. You should tell them you're coming. Maybe he'll play good for you." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching Lafreniere. Boom. I'm watching Lafreniere. He dominates the game. He gets one assist, but he dominates the game. He's got like 17 scoring chances, 18 scoring chances, rings one off the post. Well, oh, Lafreniere didn't do very much. And I'm going like, what one? I, I came back and watched the video because I like to go over the video after the game I've seen. And I'm going like, no, I was right. But like, oh, he didn't put up points. So therefore he wasn't good. This whole, I got to catch a player play good for me to consider him to be good. That's where the scouting process, that's where scouts make massive mistakes. You know what, Steve? It'll continue to happen. It'll continue to happen to the end of time. Does Shane Wright need to put up big points? Just watch the game. The guy's phenomenal.
0: (laughs) Well, a guy that nobody needed to scout. My grandmother, God rest her soul, could have picked Connor McDavid, who is now the sixth fastest to 600 points. And on Saturday, I love figuring or learning things I didn't know that I give Kevin BX a credit. That's where I heard it first. Connor McDavid is 205th as of Saturday in drawing penalties in the NHL this year. So as I'm thinking about that, watching the Oilers and Blues on Sunday, McDavid takes Jordan Cairo, another distant cousin, I know what you're saying. Oh, the Cairo and Stamkos you're all related to all of them. But anyway, he pushes Cairo into the net, which is true, and Cairo bops him in the head. McDavid doesn't say a word. And I thought about the penalty that wasn't called on Forbert and McDavid getting tripped against, I guess it was, was it Calgary? Oh, Detroit, Detroit, getting tripped against Detroit. Yeah. I think it was most cider. And I'm almost saying, like, why? Do you think the refs are acting that they're in awe or – the power plays at 50, like, there's no way they can intentionally say, we're we're not calling this. We're not calling this. You know what I mean? I understand. I I saw a documentary when Gary Carter went to Japan, there was a series and Wayne Gretzky went to see Tretchak. It was a, it was like Netflix before Netflix. It was a four parter, Sugar Ray Leonard on a cruise ship, Gary Carter in Japan, Wayne Gretzky with Tretchak in Moscow And I remember watching the Gary Carter goes to Japan, you know, God rest his soul, you know, we were expo guys and baseball when it mattered more. And they talked about in Japan, they don't want the Americans to win the batting crown. Like the strike zone would just change. I get that. You know, if a Canadians racking it up in the Swedish elite league and they, you know what, we don't, we don't, this is not good for our sport. I get it. I just don't get it with McDavid when things look not gray, black and white. And it's almost like he's catching them by surprise. Was it like that with gretzky was it like that with lemieux was it like that with sid i i'm just so in awe at mcdavid he had one point the other night i think it was against boston he dominated the game and dry had a bigger game but it was mcdavid boston fans went oh my god we just shut mcdavid down for one point they were in awe every time they saw him oh but dry has three and the oilers win again and, you, and i'm thinking what you said about shane wright and mcdavid could have had eight points or seven points yeah. or a hat trick so how do we analyze logic that says how can a guy who has a puck more than any other player in the league draw penalties at this low rate?
1: Well, it's a, and, and you would think that, uh, I mean, there's different ways I could tackle that. And you could say, well, teams are just not going to put themselves shorthanded. They're going to not put the stick on them, right? Or they're not going to grab and hold them. Number one, it's hard to catch Connor McDavid. So, right, you know, so, you know, there's not, uh, you you know, just because you have the puck lots doesn't mean that it automatically translates to you should get more penalty calls against you. You got to understand, you know, you're looking at a power play in Edmonton. It's clicking. It's humming here 50%. You think teams want to take a penalty? Against the Edmonton Oilers, so you know there's a the, the, hey, listen, like you know, keep him outside, let him keep going. He can have the puck all you want. So the, 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 that that's part of the that's part of it too. There's also you know when I I feel this Steve that there's a reticence, this idea that oh oh we can't call a penalty. Yeah, you can call a penalty all the time because what'll eventually happen, and it'll happen very quickly. The players will stop taking penalties. You know. And you, because you don't want to be in the penalty box, the coaches will be saying, you "Don't." Be, so you know, like, oh, the, it, it, it's it, it's it's not logical thinking to say, "Well, we don't want the game stopped all the time." It won't get stopped all the time. It might get stopped at the outset when you when you when you create a higher standard. I mean, cross checking people are going to start saying, "Look, no, they stop calling cross checking." No, they haven't stopped calling cross. The players have stopped cross checking. <laughs> Right. That's what you're trying to get to. And, you know, I, so, so I think it's a, it's a combination of things. I mean, that play with Kairou at the net. I mean, he clearly interfered with Kairou. Kairou's falling back. The stick comes up. Could there have been a high sticking penalty called against Jordan Kairou? Yeah, there could have been. Yeah. But I don't think that's what we're talking about. That was, we're talking about when Connor McDavid has the puck and, you know, the sticks in on him. Ryan McLeod drew a penalty in that game, Steve, below the goal line. And immediately I wrote, Jeez, it's funny how Ryan McLeod gets that call but in Detroit Connor McDavid doesn't get that call. <laughs> Nobody's biased against Connor McDavid. Nobody's saying you know we're not going to call it or, or this is the way it has to be but you know there's just a general kind of reticence I think to you know with the oh no we can't call it every time, right like you know and I I'm, I'm of the
0: opposite mind. Yeah, we
1: can't call it every
0: time. You think it's like, subconscious? It, 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 I it's think the referees those...
1: are doing exactly what they're asked to do. I, you, you've heard me say this many, many times. The referees don't wake up in the morning and go, "Oh, we got Connor McDavid tonight. How many panelists should we call? And what ones would do we miss? What's a?" Re- re-? They don't do that. They are instructed. They take their instructions from. It's the general managers. Like, they're the ones that set the standard
0: for the league. Oh, they don't want, oh, oh, the other GMs don't want uh, a parade to the penalty box against McDavid. Well, they want to even things out. Oh, yeah. they want to slow the car down. Oh, is this like the Habs in the 50s and the Oilers in the 80s? Or is this a conspiracy theory, Mr. Gibson? Oh, Come on, Jim. We can't call a penalty every time. Let's just throw a player out there in the meeting. Um, Connor McDavid. Like you can't call five penalties a game against him. Is that what you're saying? That this there was a conversation in the summer? I've heard. I've 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 heard all of those things being.
1: Hey, oh. listen. The Montreal Canadiens had a phenomenal power play. You used to have to serve the full two minutes. Montreal used to score multiple goals on the power play. And then five out of the other the, the other five teams, right? Like you think much? You think uh, that. Uh, Uh, Frank Selke was voting against this. No, the other five teams said, oh, whoa, whoa, we got to do this. You think Glenn Sather woke up in the 80s and said, we can't have any more three on three or four on four hockey? No, it wasn't. It was the majority of people. You know what it is, Steve? You know what it's called? You know what I call it? I call it NHL officiating socialism everything's got to be equal. You got to have equal penalties at the end of the game. Everything's got to be equal, right? And so the referees take theirs. The the issue is not with the officials. Let me make that very, very clear. The issue is with the people, the general managers, who are the the, the ones that are the caretakers of the game, that look at the rules, that consider how they want the game played, obviously with the Board of Governors. I mean, you know, and... The, the officials take their instruction from them on standards. Like I said, the, did all the referees come back in 05 and said, oh, we're getting rid of this hooking and holding and obstruction? No, they didn't. They were instructed. Don't ever blame the officials for the standard. They're just asked to call the standard, whatever it is. And the bar lowers or it raises. And to me, it should always be as high as possible. I said it the other day, Steve. Yep. Vladdy Guerrero comes, comes to the plate. Okay. Is the catcher allowed to grab him by the pant
0: leg? No. Yep. Look what it did for football in the uh, way back to you know what we got to open things up, make it more exciting. Cornerback can't touch the receiver, change the game. We're getting to that point, I think. Here, so let's let's watch this moving forward. The fastest is 600. Gretzky first at 274. Think about that for you kids out there. <laughs> Mario, Peter Stasny. Yeah, yep. Paul's dad was pretty good. Second in scoring in the oh. 80s. Kids. Uh, Mike Bossy. Mike, we're thinking about you. Yari Curry. McDavid at 421. Lindros at 429, just to kind of put it into context. So we're going to monitor that situation. Speaking of the rules. So I'm watching on Friday. And there's a weird situation Kane to Debrinket scores Scott Wedgwood comes out and he's doing this with his stick like a backhand touch and I'm thinking okay what's he talking about they roll back on the broadcast people are confused people are confused then there's a challenge in comes Dave Jackson God bless him former NHL referee and he's in he says this is an unchallengeable play and I thought they're challenging the touch sorry They're challenging the touch on a delayed penalty. Now, as it turns out, you can challenge that for a game stoppage. But what Dave meant was the puck cleared the zone, which meant it's a reset. Chicago brings it back in. I thought to myself, oh, my goodness. The events that follow and just, you know, doing my homework with the league. Craig, if you're the GM of that team. Is this Andre Turney's fault? Is this the video guy's fault? Is this everyone's fault? Do people know the rules? In your experience in the game, players up to the general managers, do people know the rules, Mr. Button?
1: You can never know the rules fully enough. You just can't. Yeah. Like you, The bottom line is, you know, the rules are, 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 are important. The coach has to know the rules. The managers have to know whatever the rules are. And, and, and it's your responsibility to know them. It's simply put. And so if, if you're short on, on the knowledge of a rule, that's on you. And, there, and, and there, there should be no no tolerance for it. Uh, you know, with respect to, you know, game situations. You have to know the rule book. And so Dave Jackson comes in and clarifies it, right? And, you know, and the, you know, and the, the officials again, back to the officials, they're good. They'll go over and say, what like if there's a challenge, what are you challenging? You know you can't challenge that, or you know what? Like, are you? Or, and and then they'll say like, because they understand. Are you sure? <laughs> well, well, well. They understand what they're trying to challenge, but and I love it. I love the fact that now the the officials, the NHL, has said, come and announce what we're what 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 we're looking at. So now the, the this play is being reviewed for this. Well, if if the coach doesn't ask for that, so the officials will go over there. They go, okay, are you sure? Yeah, like you know, what, what, goaltender interference. You know, is it go like you know? They, they lead the witness, <laughs> <laughs> and so the officials are like <laughs> the officials are. A lot of times are like they, they don't want to. They, they want to get the things right too, right? Like they do, and so uh, that, that's. But Steve, like, the, 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 does everybody know the rules to the to to the extent they should know them? No. They don't Now that's not that doesn't apply to everybody, but there's, there's lots. And I've been, I've been in general managers meetings where, you know, you start talking about rules and people don't know the rules. They don't know the
0: rules. Do they know where to get a rule book?
1: I was in a meeting once where somebody asked the manager asked another manager, where can I get one of those?
0: What a rule book. Oh, are they still in the league?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm taking the fifth on that.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. I take just leave it. Great option. That should be worldwide. I want (laughs) to take the, I want to take the fifth more myself. I was really lucky, Steve. Uh, I I worked for
1: Bobby Clark and Bob Daney. And I'm telling you, like you talk about guys who knew the rules. You talk about guys who knew the rule book inside out. And they always said, like, you better know the rules. Bob Ganey and Bob, like they would, they would talk about situations in the game. And then they would, you know, they would when we were out scouting or watching games, they'd ask us, like, hey, we're looking at these things. Like, why don't you, why don't you uh chart this? You know, chart these errors. How many times does this play up? And what I realized years later is that they were part of a, an internal working group that were trying to look at rules and look at situations in the game, trying to Bob Clark and Bob Ganey were two uh, well, hall of fame players on this hall of fame Monday that, uh, you know, always were looking to enhance the game. They always were looking to enhance
0: the game. Yeah. I feel the same way with uh, mm-hmm. some of the things I like to come up with. I, I believe yeah. the glove, glove pass to the offense. It, it's, it's gone now. It's gone. Someone. You shoot from the point. I put my hand up. It goes off my glove to some, if you catch it and throw it, it's it's another story, but who cares if I pucks in the air as a defenseman, you want to keep it in. So you, you bat it in. Nope. We can't have that because I'm not sure really why I'm not really sure why. And there's so many glove off the glove plays that create a whistle for nothing. So I just see it. it. It reminds me of this in talking to a lot of people in USA hockey People are complaining about they, – they don't have to lay it offside, right? And I look at the NHL rulebook. So I was at Jessica's game on Saturday, and somebody shoots the puck, hits the goalpost, goes over the glass. And I say to Diane, watch this. Face off outside. Why? The NHL has modernized the tweaks of everything. They're 15 years ahead. I want to call Tom Rennie and say why. There's so many things there that you go, you're not paying attention. Anyone's paying attention to – Anything shot towards the net now, every face-off in the NHL is inside. Every face-off. You have the puck at the point, and you shoot it into the corner, and it goes over the glass, face-off inside. Everything's inside. The idea that I have a two-on-one with you, I give it to you, you at the crossbar with eight seconds left, and we are punished for that play in a 2-1 game with the face-off outside is not thinking. Remember what we talked about last week was just, just thinking. There's so much there that can be improved. Some is mini radicalism. I, I get. I'm sure. I'm sure if you show Toe Blake, and and Fre- maybe not Fred Sherrill because he was a, he he had he had bullpens. He had goalies warming up under the stands, and he thought the game would change so drastically.
1: Toe Blake was very advanced.
0: Okay, okay, but if you showed him, here's a picture of hockey in 2022, or maybe he would have said, "I get what they're doing." You know, the trapezoid. People say puck over glass. These guys will shoot the puck over the glass to save a moment in a five on three or eight seconds. And they like that, Craig, right? So they're all encompassing and they're great. So when I look at the, like the puck off the post and over the glass, as an example, I just think that's, someone's not thinking. The delayed off side doesn't help the kids like not having it. And Hey, it's their league. it's, 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 it's their minor hockey system. There's so much there, like the knocking the net off in minor hockey. If it's off at any point, the defending team is, rewarded as the goalie goes post-to-post, post, knocks the net off, the team scores, no goal, all the mothers, the net was off.
1: No. Why do no. the mothers always get blamed? I don't. It's not the, the mothers, it's the fathers. Like, seriously, like, guys, like no way. Uh-uh, not letting you get away with that one. The See, parents, the parents. Here's the inconsistency of the hand pass, or you know. Yep. Why, what? Okay, so they, they eliminated it on face-offs. You know, yep. it's a penalty now, you can't do it. Why are you still allowed to make a hand pass in the defensive zone?
0: Because it would be a whistle. Boreas Salming used to – he broke his stick. He he said, give me the puck, and then he would glove it. It should not
1: be allowed. If you can't do it in the offensive zone as an offensive player, why can you do it in the defensive zone as a defensive player? That's the inconsistency. It should not be allowed. That's lowering the bar. And I hear, oh, you broke your stick. Who cares? You broke your stick. Too bad. Happens all the time. Uh Uh-uh. There's the inconsistency. Lowering the bar. You know what? No hand passes allowed. Anywhere. Period. But back to what I said earlier. Oh no, what happens if, if my defenseman loses a stick? You know what else is, you know what else I see too? I've seen this lots now. I've seen it at the NHL level. I've seen it at the junior level players automatically want to give the defenseman a the stick. They've been given the defenseman the wrong, the wrong shot. Yep. Like a left shot defenseman loses a stick. I see a guy handing a right. And I laugh because I see the defenseman look down and go, Oh geez, like this, I'd be better without a stick. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches that's ever been on this planet in any sport, right? He always talks about situational play. We talk about raising the bar. You ask yep. about the rule book. You ask about all these things. There are too many, too. Like I was talking to Mark Heiner about this. who's with the London Knights. He said, Craig, you know, good coaching. It's not as prevalent as you think at any level. There's not as many good coaches as you think.
0: Just so isn't. If a if, defense. If just because the guys
1: that just visit coaches in the NHL coaching doesn't mean he's a good coach. That's where we're at. Right. Just because he's coaching the NHL. They don't know the rule book. Don't think, don't assume. Okay. And like situational play. You talk about understanding the rules, understand situational play. You know, a lot of them don't. Oh, they know where to they know their systems. Yeah, it's not about just systems. Anyway, I'll finish with that. <laughs> it's I mean, just, to,
0: just to tag it. So if a defenseman breaks his stick, you're saying the forward shouldn't give him the stick? Like, do we know what is who who should have the stick in that situation? Does it matter? Are you saying that you have an answer? Is that yeah, I do have an
1: answer. You know what I would do if I was a coach? Here's well, what I would do. I would say, number one, okay, you just automatically want to go hand the defenseman a stick, right? Okay, I understand. What? Wh- why don't you just automatically go into penalty kill mode and the guy goes and gets a stick? How many times have you seen a play continue on in the offensive zone, right, for, for, for 20 seconds because somebody, you know, gave up their stick? The teams are too smart, so what do they do? So they see the defenseman with a, with oh so so what did they start working it to the top right and that yeah. guy just stands there like you know like a statue. It can't do anything. Go get a stick and you automatically make it a. We're, we're just we're in penalty killing mode. We're on five on four mode for for eight seconds. It's all you got to do. I'm not saying that's what you should do all the time. I'm I'm giving you an example of situational play. Right. Well, like, it's like a player. Let me just see. Steve Coolius is a right shot defenseman. I shoot left. I have to know that Steve Koulias shoots shoots right and I'm left and I'm handing him my left stick. I, I just I'm just impeded him. I haven't helped him.
0: Well, that reminds me of two things that have come up. I anecdotally thought, what are all these six-on-five goals going in? Six-on-five, six-on-five, six-on-five. Coaches come on the show, start talking about them, ask the league for some data. In the last four years, six-on-five goals are through the roof as I watch NHL teams sit back and watch teams pull their own goalie, work it around. And I say to the coach, well, you know, I, I'm Jeff Blashill, uh, Bruce Boudreaux, a uh, former coach. And you know, Bruce said, oh, I haven't really thought about it. Jeff says, you can't push up top, but I think we all should do a better job soon as it doesn't, it leaves the point that we should engage because we sit around and watch Kucherov, back to headman into Stammer, over to point, working around, working around, and that these goals, not anecdotally anymore, statistically are higher than they've ever been before. Remember, we have the extra footage in the zone, right? We used to be 60, 60, 60, 10, 10, and now there's 75 feet blue line in, so you have 64 feet to work with. When you take it back further, the forward doesn't push, and it works. So I'm glad that something, this is weird. What's going on here? I'm not saying I know more than these coaches, but at one point I'd rather be shot like a lion than a lamb, Mr. Ludzik and go after, I'm going to wait around as these teams move it around and score these goals. And you just talk about coaching and everything else. There's a time maybe to think we should do it a little bit differently. And like we talk about body checking and hitting, I'd like to see more of that. I go in, take the, take cane against the boards, pin them up. You come in, take it, shoot it down the ice. But what we do is we just, I think we just are, we're too passive. That's what I'm seeing too passive in the defensive zone.
1: Well, okay. So, uh, w- w- one of the reasons we have more six on five goals is because uh, coaches pull their goalies a lot sooner. So, there's more time that, that's going to yeah. exist, right? So, that's 30 I mean, seconds or a minute. There's, two- well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and so you're going to get that, right? And, and, and you know what? And they're pulling their goalie as well. You, you know when you're down by two goals, right? And so, so again, like so, with three minutes left, so so there's more time that goes into it as well. So you know, you you know, more time six on five, you would think you're going to have more goals. You're right though, Steve. Back to back to okay. Oh, oh we're going to play pressure at five on five, but it's six and five or not. It, but it's it's it, see, this is where I get. Who are you going to? I get not pressuring Kucherov or Kane.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. I yes. I, I get
1: that. But who are you going to pressure? Who do you want to put the pressure on that's not going to be able to make that play under pressure? Who do you, the, like, again, situational. Here's how we're going to play this. Kane, we're going to let him have the puck. Or we're going to squeeze him here, next guy there. And if it goes there, that's okay. You come across and pressure him because that's the guy we think we can we can exploit.
0: Right. Like
1: that Again, situational. Not just, oh, we'll drop back and play six on five. Steve. I'll be straightforward here. And I see, well, it I hope you're always straightforward. No, no, I mean, I mean, there's not a lot of innovation in hockey. It, it draws back on a lot, a lot. Oh, this is the way it's done. There's not a lot of innovation in hockey. There isn't. That's a fact. Okay. I see it all the time. The innovation, you know where the innovation comes from and in, in, in a lot of cases, right. the kids, the kids are the ones innovating. That's why at young ages, let them play don't give them systems let them play they're going to come up with 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 new forms of playing remember when the game used to be played in lanes
0: yeah well then yeah, the yeah. Russians
1: came and then Tarasov said we're gonna play a little bit differently And people well, we can't play like that yeah you can like you watch transition now in the in in, in all, and I see it at the young ages the kids are tr- like they because they've watched transition a play can go quickly were you watching the Edmonton uh St. Louis game on Sunday night yep there's ten seconds left in the first period. Marco Scandella gets the puck just inside his blue line at the tries to make a cross uh, zone cross ice pass to the other blue line. Duncan Keith intercepts it. Boom to Cody Ceci up to Zach Hyman. Three seconds left in the game. It's one one in the period. Transition. How quickly the players understand. Uh, it used to be okay. Now we're going to regroup. The guys are going to come back and you know let the kids. You know. Be creative. They got unbelievable creative minds. They have these minds that haven't been formed. Now, yeah, you got to teach them certain elements of the game. But let them, we, we put things, oh, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do this. Like, I am so, you know what I, oh, I'm getting mad. I'm getting upset here. You know what I, you want know what I hate? Oh, Craig is ornery. Craig is he, ornery. He, oh, no, he plays the game the right way define the right way like, are you kidding me he plays the game the right way nobody ever defines it like tell me are we playing the game in the offensive zone the defensive zone do we have the lead do we not have the lead who are we playing against? the right way it's like got to be one of the dumbest emptiest narratives in the game if you ever hear me say that you 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 phone me right away and you tell me don't ever say that again
0: I'm too busy phoning people about momentum and score instead of scores. I got a, I got a laundry list, but the right way kind of means is they're not super skilled, and they are good defensive oh. players, so I'm going to give them credit for being a 200-foot player, oh. even though they're you know they, they they're limiting a little bit of their offensive creativity, but they're very good away from the puck or below Steve, the puck.
1: Steve, you know what I like? Uh, you know, I love the 162-foot player. I'd I, like to... How about like at me, 200 foot player the right way stop it you know what i've got to tell you a story my my, my daughters played soccer in calgary and uh they were coached by uh, a, a lady from columbia uh, marina was her name and she ran the whole she ran our area she she said all the things. 10 and under they didn't call offsides parents fathers not mothers <laughs> fathers yes and what are you doing uh, yeah but they would scream they would scream about the offsides oh they got to call off sides marina had a rule in 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 our in our community soccer like with the kids and didn't matter where you were. she said we're not calling offsides 10 and under you can and you know why
0: just let them go and be creative it's no, like no, pond no, hockey no. I'll,
1: I'll tell you why And and she explained it she says kids 10 and under don't have spatial awareness how are they going to understand soccer offside we're going to stop the game and keep blowing it down they haven't developed spatial awareness in their head to understand the spacing and everything it's it's developmental steve it has nothing to like the creativity she says so we're going to blow the whistle and say offsides and the kids are looking at you going okay like uh, what, what did i do wrong like like seriously like understand developmentally Why do we have to take the kids at a young age and give them all these systems and, you know, we got to play this way or that way. No, let them play. Let them develop their athletic abilities and their skills.
0: Craig, I've gone right through it more recently than you. It's just a lot about coaching and it's about me, the coach and me winning and you know, I've told you stories about you have. guys that have turned pro, but when they were seven, they started one, four, and two, and they fired the coach because they said, oh, we don't like our breakout. He said, breakout, they can't pass, shoot, and skate. How about we teach them the three S's first, Howie Meeker, before we worry about winning, and it's all, I understand winning at the NHL level. I I get it. And maybe at certain aspects later in the year at major, junior, and I guess college or you know, pro, but I thought everything was developmental. If the AHL is a developmental league, that means some AHL all the way down should be about development, but I know it and I see it. It's about winning. And if you believe in the process, as John Cooper said, if we teach skill and the player has the will and we talk about opening things up and playing the right way in terms of, whoa, Play the right way. You better define right way. That's a. It's an empty. Skilled
1: plays. Skilled plays. Okay, that's The, okay. the right really way. Puck. I'm telling you, it's a, it, It's an empty narrative. It's an empty narrative without the play the right way. Tell me. Yeah. Live the right way. I'm so telling you. you I'm giving thing. you the definition. Good. Well, I'm just skill. letting you know. Just skill. Use it. Then
0: you then say we need more skill. Skill. We're gonna play what I believe is the right way about skill. We don't give away the puck. We don't dump and chase. We are going to be creative and carry the puck in over the blue line. Even if it doesn't work and we turn it over, we're going to do the things that are A, more fun, B, develop skill, and C, allow the player that when you are trailing, when I've, I've seen coaches and they just dump it in, they try to hold a one nothing lead. Then they trail two one with 90 seconds to go. And it's a discombobulation because the kids have never played a transition game, they've never had a zone entry where they've gone in, kicked it out, and done anything because now they really need their skill to help tie this important game. And they don't know how to do it because they've been in the trap mode because the coach just wants to win. So who, who goes to beer league and says, guys, we're playing a really good team today. We're going to go with the one, three, one, or the one, two, we're going to dump. What? We go out there and have fun. We try to make plays and, and score goals. So we can go out and celebrate afterwards. Well, why would the kids be any different? You're going to tell a 10 year old, you're a third line checker. Craig, come on. My playing the right way is the skill game, the skill game. That's my right way.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you what Scotty Bowman told me many, many years ago. And and, and, and one Thursday, I'm going to tell you my toe Blake analytics story. Okay. People, people think that they, they've analytics hasn't been around. Yeah. It's developed. It's, it's certainly progressed in different ways. Toe Blake was doing analytics when he was coaching. Okay. True story. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. So I'll tell you that. Great tease. Well, but, but again, so Scotty Bowman told me this many years ago. He goes, Craig, it's really simple. He goes, you got 10 skaters on the ice. You got one puck. That means nine players at, at any given time can't have the puck. And sometimes, you know, the 10th guy doesn't have it because, you, you, you know, it's loose, right? He goes, so if you're the team that has the puck, the other four players have to understand how we're going to keep the puck. And if you're the team that doesn't have the puck, the five players have to understand how we're going to get the puck back. <laughs> Does it get any simpler than that? <laughs> Like, you know, and, and now you build a, okay, so we got to get to position to keep the puck. We got to support the play. We got to, you know, I, I use a term called next hockey, next, 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 next. Who's next in the, in, 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 the, in position. Cause if you're not, if you're not next into position, what what's the guy with the puck going to do? He, he's looking for somebody. So that's where you have to give up the puck, maybe unnecessarily. So that's John Cooper. You're training your, your team. You know, Scotty Bowman, Bob Ganey, I heard them all the time. talk Next hockey, who's next in the position, right? Next, next, next. There's one puck. You better be thinking. We take thinking out of the game. We take creativity out of the game. The problem is we do it at the young ages. And then we sit down and go, oh, my Lord, like, oh, you just, you can't make a play. Well, we encourage them to make a play. Craig Ramsey, part of, named the only 50-goal scorer that played on a checking line in NHL history.
0: You mean Ramsey
1: with Luce? Well, Luce didn't score 50. I named know. The, named the only 50-goal scorer that played on a checking line. Who is it? Oh, we have reached a <laughs> pinnacle. I have stumped Cooley. Danny Gear wasn't on that line. Yes, he was. He was? Oh, yes, he was. Oh, yeah, I phoned Looser, Luce or Craig Ramsey. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway. Bottom line is Craig Ramsey. I had the great fortune of uh, working with Craig and learning from Craig. I'll tell you what, I've worked with a lot of smart people and I talked about Ganey and I talked about Clark and those guys, and they are, they're right in the same category, none smarter than Craig Ramsey. Make a play, dude. I mean, again, like we're talking about back, you know, he came through in the sixties as a young player in Peterborough, then into the NHL, you know, terrific player, you know? make plays. That's what he would encourage players to do. Make plays. Why are you doing that? Think, think, why would you do that? I remember he would say to players, why would you do that? And they'd look at him and go, well, that's just what I'm told to do. He goes, well, don't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm not telling See, you to do that.
0: I love that. I, I've been frustrated just watching, get it out hockey. I know a coach that practiced glassing out. I just left the rink and I don't want to be that guy and sit there and say, I can't believe this. And then when you make a great player, do a spin off, and you know, it's a wild moment. It's wow. That's great. And then the times that it doesn't work, it's like, why'd you do that? No, we, we, that's the play. You don't make the play because you can, you make the play because it is the right play. And it's the frustrating part of just thinking you've given these kids a blank canvas and then tell them you can only have a pencil and you can, you, you can't go outside the lines. No, no. You know where the best hockey is without the parents and coaches on the pond. That's the, Wow. You go out and say, Oh, do you think there they give it up? I mean, give it up saying, Oh, I better just chip that into to safety space, Craig, and then retreat. And no, you know what they do? They make plays, they wow you. Sometimes I wonder say, minor bantam, 14, as long as they didn't hog their ice time, no coaches. I'll guarantee you a 3 2 game would be 6 5, 6 5, and they would wow us, my friend. But I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, when, I mean, that's where we got to get to, like, you you know, when we sit down and we talk about, uh, you know, creativity and and whatnot, do you know what the, uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty, pretty, pretty sure that the Sistine Chapel started as blank. Yep. And uh, I don't think anybody told Michelangelo you know, go do this. Don't, do, don't, don't go do this. They gave him the blank ceiling, the chapel. They said, "Go to work." <laughs> you know what? W- w- we will, we will not be surprised. We will be amazed if we let the young kids, you know, unleash their creativity and try things. You know, like you know, I, I even get this to this day, Steve. You know, did you see uh, Mattvei Mishkov score the uh, lacrosse type goal? I still get this. Oh, geez, I hate that goal. He said, really, do you hate all goals or just a goal like that? I said, he scored. We're trying to find ways to score. Tell me what's wrong with that goal. Well, you know, like you really have to have, I said, yeah, you do. Let the kids be creative and stop
0: criticizing it.
1: Guy looks at me and goes, well, I mean, I I said, stop it. (laughs) I didn't even give him a chance. Stop it.
0: Well, you've got a tease coming up about analytics with Toe Blake, I guess, starting in the 50s. I got a tease about scoring and using the shootout as a model to why really, really, the systems are stifling. The, the shootout is a great example of given opportunities, the shooter will win, not the goalie. I'm telling you that right now, Mr. Button. Take us home. Well, that is episode
1: 13 of the Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast. And on Thursday, Dr. Coolius (laughs) will present his theory (laughs) and defend his theory so that we can deliver another doctorate in his hockey mind and put it up on his wall. That's it. See you Thursday. I'm painting the roof. (laughs) The ceiling.